0: This is Dana Miller, senior reporter with Hotel News Now, joined by Guillermo Bravo, chief investment officer of Mexico-based Fibra Hotel. Thank you for joining me for this podcast.
1: Hi, Dana. Great to be here.
0: We've got a lot to cover, of course, from investment trends to profitability and a little bit about how parts of Mexico are rebuilding, of course, after Hurricane Otis. Uh, but first, just to give our listeners a quick glimpse into what your company is, and for those who may not be Mexico-based, um, tell us a little bit about Fibra Hotel, um, just a good quick overview.
1: Of course, thank you, and and it's great to to be here. The the Fibra Hotel Isarita was born in 2012, we're basically very similar to, to U.S. style REITs and so we are hotel owners, we develop, buy a, a, and manage assets, we do not do the, the management, so we do not do the operating contracts and we do not have brands, basically we work with everyone a, a, on that side and we focus on the hotel ownership and the, and the capital markets perspective. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've been around for for 10 years. We have 86 hotels in 26 states in Mexico. We have over 12,000 rooms. We work with four operators and we have over 15 brands. And we are all over the place in terms of uh, of types of hotels. We want to be the best investment opportunity for anyone looking at Mexico. And so we have everything from limited service hotels to luxury hotels to all inclusives, beach and business. And so it's, uh, we look to be very diversified across everything. And that's a very, very small overview of, of Fibro
0: Good, good. Well, we'll definitely get more into down the line in our conversation about how you really want to be, you know, the main attractor of investors in the area. So awesome. But I was doing a little bit of digging and I saw in a past interview that you had mentioned with us that it was like spring of uh, this year and you said it was a great time to be investing in Mexico's hotel industry. So, now where we are now, how would you react to that and how has your investment strategy changed? If it's it has it's a super
1: great time to 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 invest in Mexico and, and 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 I could speak about this for hours, but the <laughs> uh, we're, we're we're strong believers in Mexico and we're strong believers in the in the tourism and and, and lodging sectors and, and and so let, let me expand on this a little bit. I think uh, uh, I do believe Mexico is one of the best opportunities to invest in hotels, to own in hotels, and also to, to use the hotels as a, as a service. They have the best value proposition in, in, in many cases. And so overall in Mexico, when, when you look at it top-down, first of all, we have a, a very common culture to the largest feeder markets and the largest spending markets, which is US and Canada. We're less than five-hour flight from most of the cities to, the, to most of the cities here. We have very good connectivity uh, and we have cultural similarities uh, we, we most of the people here in the service industry speak english uh, and and overall in in, in mexico we're, we're very very well managed from an economic perspective so we're the the country is very solid macroeconomically we have a, a we have been managed by by an independent central bank for many years we have a, a acceptable or low gdp to debt to ratio We have small Mm -hmm. deficits, and so from a a macro perspective, it's it's very good. Uh, The the most important part about Mexico really is the people, and and, and I think that is is something that is not going to change. We have a a very dynamic and growing middle class. We have 130 million people, and we have very uh, good demographics. Just to give you an idea, uh, the working age population in Mexico is growing like 1% a year. In okay. Europe and in the U.S., it's basically flat. In Asia, it's declining. And so we this will not change until 2040. So the availability of wow. labor and the quality of labor in the country is something that sets us up to, to, to be very strong as a service provider in the future. Mm-hmm. And all of this in the context of, uh, of good relations with the U.S. and Canada, with the near-shoring and with the friendly-shoring. And finally, I think the reason people come to Mexico is is uh, uh, on top of the people. It's really the experiences. I think uh, experiences is is what Mexico is made of. We have everything in a in a small country. We have culture, food, uh, nature, art, beaches. and uh, Another stat: we're number five in the world in in heritage sites. In in world heritage sites, we're we're number five. And again, the, the, the good weather and the abundance of options, you can do everything from a, from a budget opportunity to a luxury opportunity and everything from a beach to a city. So again, what, what Mexico offers to the world is really interesting. And so what we as investors and as, as Fibro tells from the from the market perspective, we have to, to, to take advantage of everything that Mexico offers and to provide the right product to, to, to people for them to come and for it to be an attractive investment opportunity.
0: Definitely a lot of diverse demand drivers there. I can see what you mean about going on for hours about that. But <laughs> so, of course, in the US, you know, there's macroeconomic challenges. I'd love to hear kind of, not to speak bad on Mexico, you know, investing in there, but any, you know, challenges that you are dealing with alongside of all the great things that are going on.
1: Oh, there's a ton of challenges and there's always opportunities. And I think mm-hmm. uh, I think as an industry, one of the biggest challenges is people. Uh, and mm-hmm. again, that's why I, I, I tried to speak a little bit about why in Mexico we're we're somewhat in a better situation than in other in other places here. People are, are very willing to work in, especially in this in this segment and, and, and in this service and at the right cost. Uh, but but that's just one of the tailwinds. Clearly, the the the, the situation worldwide is is very complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, the economy is not growing as it should and, and with interest rates this high i think people are suffering and they have to make decisions of in what and, and how to spend their money mm-hmm. and so it's, it's even more important now to provide the the better service and focus on the customer because the reality is that i think we have been in in, in sort of a, a a unique perspective where anything you did people wanted to travel and there was revenge travel and everything yeah. and now that i don't think that's the case and i think it's normalizing i think We need to continue to focus on what we're offering our customers because it's going to be more challenging. We need to Mm -hmm. provide the right service for what they're paying.
0: Yeah, so kind of getting back to the basics of, you know, we had that inflated, you know, demand and ADR the past, you know, couple years and whatnot. So I guess, like you said, normalization coming into 2024, that will be a little bit of a, you know, adjustment, but nothing you guys can't do. But um, <laughs> so speaking about your portfolio, I see um, these are numbers as of April 2023, that about two thirds of the properties are business oriented, and then the remaining third focused on leisure. So where does that stand today? And is there any shift within that as you know you see demand mix evolving and maybe different um, investment opportunities arising
1: yeah so so uh, uh, that continues to be the same today but we okay. have a path to grow to to maybe make it half and half so what where we are investing is more in leisure and and from our perspective uh, uh, we we can talk in a, in a little bit about uh, uh, how the different destinations or the different uh, uh, types of hotels are doing but the reality is, from a very, very uh, simple financial perspective, the only way to invest right now, uh, the the cost of financing is very important. The, the, mm-hmm. So your return hurdle is very important. In Mexico, interest rates are, are uh, TAs at around eleven and a half percent. So you okay. need to be looking at investments of twenty percent or something like that. And if you have the uh, one of the big benefits of of uh, of hotels in Mexico is that you have uh, revenues in dollars and costs in pesos. But you actually do have a, a income in dollars, and so you can finance that in dollars. And so it makes sense right now to to invest more in in leisure destinations because those are dollar-denominated uh, assets, and and a little bit it's a little bit more difficult to invest in, in business because they're mm-hmm. peso-denominated assets, and it's a higher return hurdle.
0: Okay, so maybe being a little bit more strategic and selective in where you invest.
1: Exactly. I think that's the that's the that's right. It's not that we think that one market is growing more than the other, but there the, the reality is all construction costs have gone up, all return hurdles have yeah. gone up. And where 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 it makes more sense in the in the marginal investment is in, in leisure right now.
0: Okay, and maybe it's a little bit too just kind of following the demand of where people are going. Um, you know, you see a lot, like here in the US, we saw a lot of people, you know taking more trips to Europe over the summer than staying local. So then, you know, you wonder, okay, are hoteliers going to kind of think about that and maybe choose to invest more in certain markets depending on, you know, where the traffic is flowing, but um, lots there to kind of think about. But um, so 2022 was a, of course, a record year for profitability at Fieber Hotel. So how is 2023 shaking out?
1: it's better but it's uh, it's it, it's not the, it's not better like in a solid going up line and the reality okay. is i think in the in the whole sector we had a very strong first half of the year the the winter was very positive in for for most of the leisure destinations and the the second half of the year has been uh, slower or, or a little bit rougher it's still going to be a record year and we still expect growth it's just that, as we said before, it's it's sort of normalizing. We have been used to to, to tons of growth and and and, uh, and a lot of uh, uh, benefits in the margin side, and now we're starting to also see some cost pressure. So what we're what we're seeing is the second half of the year has been slower, but it's still going to be a record year for FibroTel.
0: Mm-hmm. Is there any like one part of like the P&L that you're like really honing in on? Is it labor costs, um, wages, anything like that that is something that you maybe have discussed in recent budget meetings that is like, okay, we really need to crack down on this?
1: yeah, I think there's a lot of things. the the, the first one is uh, uh, is we we had a, a unique opportunity during the pandemic. now, if we, we we remember about everything bad and not the good things that happened, and yeah. we had a unique opportunity of looking line by line, item by item and, and seeing things uh, uh, that maybe weren't needed or or that maybe uh, uh, the operators had expected the customers to want it more. And so we had a, a very big opportunity. And, and we cut the, a lot of the costs and made margins better. Some of those things are also continuing to 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 normalize again, mm-hmm. because of the service that you need to provide to the customer. so I, I would say three things that we're really focusing on. the first one is is labor labor will is and will continue to be a a, a relevant issue. and mm-hmm. I think it's not just the the labor cost, but it's the training, the retention, and getting the right people. I, I think those are the things that we're focusing on, but that, sometimes leads in the short term to higher cost, but it's better over the long term. Okay. The second one is is a food and beverage, where we are uh, we're, we are seeing higher increases in costs in food and beverage, but we're mm-hmm. also trying to change and differentiate. I think the model of having the, the old hotel restaurant is, is out the window also with the <laughs> pandemic, and so we, we've done a ton of restructuring in that area and put a lot of thought into how the concepts really appeal to people. And not only in the hotel, but people coming from outside of the hotel, into the hotel. Mm -hmm. We put a lot of thought into that, but there's also some uh, some cost pressures there.
0: Absolutely. And, and going back to kind of something I'm really excited to talk about is, you know, investment in FIBRS. So we saw a lot of large scale investment groups at one point in the past weren't so hungry for investing in those, but that has since changed. Um, so can you tell us a bit about how brands such as Marriott moving into Mexico is really helping to drive that interest among other groups?
1: Yeah, no. I think uh, uh, let me divide that that answer into two parts. First sure. of all, uh, fibras from an investor perspective, and sort of from 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 what you have. And in, in that sense, fibras are a really new structure in Mexico. You've had reaching in the U.S. for for decades. Yeah. And in Mexico, we started ten years ago. So we used to say we're like little babies. Now we're growing <laughs> up. Now we're now we're ten years old. We're like uh, uh, we're about to become teenagers. So we yeah. might be, we might not be. Be good behaving, but uh, no. The reality <laughs> is that the industry is growing up, uh, uh, and I think it's it's attracting a lot of uh, a lot of interest into the into the sector. We have a huge opportunity. Retail investment in in, in Mexico is still a very in, in its nascent stages. We have less than all of the REITs have less than five percent from individual investors, whereas in the U.S. it makes a ton of sense to have that investment because you get your dividends. So. I think in that for the FIBRAS as a whole, there's a ton of growth and growth opportunity. And, and once we get that capital and the right capital, I think we'll have very interesting opportunities to deploy it. Mm-hmm. And the second part is for the, from the hotel market. And from the hotel market, I think it's, uh, again, the, I, I uh, we're in Mexico, we love Mexico, and we cannot uh, uh, stop speaking better about Mexico all the time. Uh, but the reality is mexico is a is a a, a super developed market i mean you've mm-hmm. had all of the brands from the from the highest type of brands you've had them in mexico for 30 40 years and you've continued to have them con- come and expand i think some of the the things that you saw recently is is uh, not only did the brands come but i think institutionalization came into the market and that is mm-hmm. very relevant for instance the all-inclusive model uh, has been in mexico f- and, and in the caribbean for for 30 years. And yeah. people at the first, it was like, uh, how do you get uh, some experience at the lowest type of cost? And, and, and it didn't appeal to, to many customers. It appealed to some customers, but that has evolved very much. And in in, in, in now we see Hyatt buying Apple Leisure Group. Now you see yep. Marriott doing very big transactions, both with uh, in the business side, but also in the all-inclusive. And so what you're seeing is that uh, uh, not only not only is the market there and good because again we've had a lot of product if you if you go to los cabos any luxury brand i think there's there's very limited number of luxury brands that are still available in that market mm-hmm. but the reality is that it, it has become a lot more institutional and i think that's very powerful for 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 mexico and for the perspective it gives because uh, as as you said it's uh, they're actually putting their own capital which is very rare for for some of these companies and betting on the country
0: yeah so what does it really take nowadays to get deals done? Would you say, you know, is it long-term relationship-based? Um, you know, how do you guys put yourselves out there and, and win that
1: uh, deal? It's very difficult because uh, uh, when you're coming off of record years for everything, everybody everybody's, is uh, is having the the sugar high that everything is going to be <laughs> And, and and a lot of the, the the market here continues to be private So because of the the investments have been so profitable for so many years there's mm-hmm. a lot of 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 hotels that they, that have been developed by families and by private groups and that they've done so well that they don't they don't need to buy and and the market is also a lot less uh, uh, a lot less uh, i'm not going to say over levered but levered in, in general so there's very okay. very limited distress opportunities and so the only way to really get a deal is is to have a relationship based off market uh, uh, deal and to it, it takes a lot of time that's why we also uh, uh, do ground up development that's a little bit uh, strange for a REIT that's supposed to provide yeah. stabilized dividends but it's because the, the the real opportunities take a long time, they're relationship-based, and, they, and and you have to get everything right for, for these deals to fall.
0: Okay, development. That is interesting. So, uh, I mean, how's that going in Mexico? Because, of course, you know, there's uh, high construction loan costs in the U.S. and supply chain and, you know, all that stuff that you're dealing with. But I'd love to kind of hear the landscape that you guys
1: are seeing. I mean, construction is is uh, is difficult as, as 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 any sector, but it's uh you have very big opportunities here in Mexico. Costs have gone mm-hmm. up a lot, uh, uh, but again, the the availability of of labor force and the and, and in many cases, and especially in some locations, the 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 red tape is is less in Mexico than what you see in other places. There's still a lot of bureaucracy and even some corruption in many places. But the reality mm-hmm. is that the you can get things done if you have the right project and the right place. There's financing. There's people that that have a that again. Since the industry is so large, you can find any type of product. You can find you don't need to go to 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 a lot of places to import the what you need to construct. So you can you can do everything from a luxury hotel to a limited service hotel. And if you do mm-hmm. it right and, and with the right planning, it's very efficient. And, and that's what that that's how the group was born. And just to give your listeners a, a, a little bit of a, how the group was born, the, yeah. the group started developing with its own money. The, the owners started their first hotel in 1994 and with their own funds and friends and family, they developed one hotel. With the money they came, they built a second one and they, they did that uh, with 17 hotels in 17 years. Wow. And so that was until 2012 and this is what the institutional capital does we went from 17 hotels and in 10 years we have 86 so that's a wow that's a, a, a good story
0: amazing yes so the capital is there awesome so kind of on the topic of construction so you know in light of Mexico kind of seeing an increase in volume of Pretty powerful storms resulting in more need to pay attention to the building structures. I'd love to hear anything that you're hearing within the hotel industry from maybe like climate experts or architects and engineers about rebuilding efforts. And if that's causing you, your team to kind of shift the way you think about deals as this comes up more.
1: Yeah I think that the the uh, uh, let me see if I can get that in three different parts the fr- okay. the first one is, is in construction and development and I think there there's been a shift in how things are built many of the of the hotels in Mexico because they're they they have they're very very sturdy and they they were built with uh, with more concrete block less uh, less drywall and things like that so it's a it's a very solid structure. I think a lot of the things that we're building now, we're building in a different way with lighter materials and, and but now we're planning for things that they, that are going to happen. So we have a, we have a, a very strong ESG mandate from, from, from our investors and our, and our, the, our founding uh, group. And, uh, and, and we need to look at it uh, from that perspective. So, every investment we make, we take a look at what can happen, how climate could impact it. And it's not a, you do have storms, but you have a, a floods, you have lack of water, you have, there's many, mm-hmm. several uh, risks that, they, that actually I invite people to go into our website and look at our, our ESG reports because they'll find many of the these climate risks and how we attach them how we put the monetary value to them but the reality is we we do need to take this into account Uh, uh, and it's 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 very interesting because it changes how you you think about the the investment in the in the hotels Mm -hmm. and and Depending on the reconstruction efforts. I mean it's a tragedy what happened to Mexico and, and not not really to the to the hotels and to the institutional side because we have insurance, we're going to get paid it's going to be closed for some months and we're going to reopen them and I think things are going to be fine. Mm-hmm. But most of the people uh, their homes where they live, they don't have insurance that's not common in Mexico okay. uh, the, there's no water there. so it's going to it's going to be a massive effort uh, it, it, it's, it's a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the only thing I can say is it's also an opportunity. So if, yeah. if we build Acapulco the right way, I mean, it's always been a paradise. It, it, it's, it's sort of lost its, uh, it's glamour that the, the one it had in the 70s. Uh, uh, but if we do it the right way and if the government helps and if everyone uh, pushes the, or pulls the wagon in the same way, I think it's also an opportunity to, to get it right and bring back tourism to, to that beautiful place.
0: Right. We think about how much of it was a tourist destination in the past. And, you know, like you said, it's a tragedy that people are displaced from that. And I hope that it does get back to a state that it was in. Um, But thank you for sharing that about how you guys are kind of assessing that. Um, So, yes, like you mentioned, ESG. So company-wide sustainability initiatives. Um, I'd love to kind of hear, you know, anything new that you guys are adding into this? Um, you said it's really coming from your investors and whatnot and mandates from that, but um, kind of tell us when this all started, how it's going, anything else you want to mention on that?
1: Yeah, so we've had, I mean, hotels are very good at this. People people, people forget, but everything that they, that we've done for many years from, uh, from controlling electricity to water, to gas, I mean, first of all, 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 all of the time, it was more of a cost. Equation because the less you you spend on utilities, the yeah. more you 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 bring back. But I think that that thing has brought in a ton, and now, and not only our investors but the clients also care about it. They, it's, they don't pay for it yet, mm-hmm. but they but they care about it a lot, and 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 I think it's the right way to to do it because they, they, that's what we believe. So you. You add more things like uh, like waste and certifying your properties to useless things, and the other thing that's that's uh, that's not as much talked about, but I think it's very relevant. Going back to to one of the big problems that as an industry we're gonna face in the future. Is the 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 social aspect and how you treat empo- employees and employees and how they mm-hmm. contribute to their own communities, how they give back. I mean, in many places in Mexico, you have a hotel in a small town, and the, the hotel is the the main gathering point or one of the gathering points for the for the people. And so it's an important, it's an important site. And so how you give back to that community, how they become involved in, in, in social things, how you start training people for them to to have that service uh, uh, orientation and, and, and how to how to have clients have that experience you have and you start uh, uh, doing that the right way and, and planning it and i think we've done a lot of things as an industry but uh, but just putting it uh, putting it down into into paper and, and, mm-hmm. and how we do it i think that's that's been very useful and, and again for us it's a big focus because uh, i think it's a right now it's like a good to have but we we do believe that that the, uh, that's the way that it's going to be in the future
0: yeah so not only a good to have but a need to have basically yeah exactly yeah. and and, yeah. and
1: again it's a win win we, we we don't believe i mean there's it it's it sort of been a, the, the, i think the word has been a, a, i don't know how to say it but it's, it okay. it has a bad reputation now but yeah. the, the, the reality is everybody wants that. It's uh, again, thinking about uh, thinking about how you react to disasters or, or once you have an earthquake, where are you gonna uh, take people and how are you going to, mm-hmm. what are the, the safety measures that you're going to. Thinking about things like that, it's, uh, it's actually beneficial to, to everyone.
0: Awesome. So my last question for you, I'm kind of excited about this one, but what are you most looking forward to in 2024 in the lodging industry?
1: We're excited. I, I, I yeah. think that the, the industry has evolved a lot. I, I do think that there's some headwinds, and you've heard it from the, from the operating companies and from the big companies. And I think, mm-hmm. again, we mentioned that the, the economy is not as strong as, as it should be, and, and the, consumer, the consumer is going to have to make more, more choices. Uh, I think one of the things that, that we realized this year is, is seasonality is back in a big way. Before uh, you used to have more of the leisure, and they would go one or two weeks. And all of the year in, in 2022, uh, we had we had full the hotels. And now you're starting to see more of what was uh, back to normal in in the sense that you now need to to focus more on groups in certain in certain uh, months. And, and so I think that is something that that is a reality that we're that we're starting to to live in the to live again. Uh, we're not looking forward to that. We prefer that <laughs> everything was cool. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I think again, what, what, what I'm looking forward to is, 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 uh, is what I said. I think that we need to go back to focusing on the customer. I think it's not uh, when the water goes down, as Warren Buffett said, you see who has a, a swimsuit. And so what <laughs> we need to have is the right swimsuit in offering the right the right value to the customer that comes and, the, and, and for them to get the, the right experience. And I think that's going to differentiate uh, uh, the winner from the losers in, in 2024 and in the coming years, because again, it's not going to be as simple, but there's a lot of demand out there that uh, you just need to, to find the right way to how to get that demand and get them happy and get them to come back. And so it, it's sort of, uh, uh, again, now that it's it's more of time, what I'm looking forward to is, is how we position the company to compete in this in this environment and take market share from from competitors.
0: Well said, Guillermo. And yes, we do all need to have our right swimsuit on. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's important.
1: Yes.
0: Well, is there anything else you want to mention before we wrap this up?
1: No, thank you for the for the time We're we're very, again, just the, the commercial and the company, it's FibroHotel.com, the website, anything you guys, uh, any suggestions or anyone that wants to to ask the company, we, we're always open to do anything. And uh, thank you for the space and the time. It's, it's been great having this chat.
0: Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it.
1: Hi, I'm Isaac Lazo, Vice President of Analytics at STR. Hi, and I'm Jan Feitak, National Director for Hospitality Analytics for the Coastal Group. Tune in to our new show, Tell Me More, a hospitality data podcast. It's a podcast on the global hotel industry, its current trends, what we're thinking about, and where the industry is going. And we like to have fun with the data, too. Find us on hotelnewsnow.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe today.
0: This episode of the Hotel News Now podcast was recorded on November 16, 2023 by Dana Miller. The episode was edited and mixed by Trevor Simpson. Find all Hotel News Now podcasts wherever you listen and subscribe by searching for Hotel News Now. Visit hotelnewsnow.com for the latest global hotel industry news. Thanks for listening.